Hi, welcome to Stardust Records, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Linz, and I'm here with my co-host, Savi. Hi, Savi. Hello, Lindsay. Hey, so did you happen to do anything cool recently? You know, in fact, I did. I uh, I went to Star Wars Celebration. <gasps> tell us, tell us, what was it like being around so many Star Wars fans? It was healing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was so much fun. I would do it all again in a heartbeat, including suffer through the jet lag and all that travel again. I can't believe it's already been a week, but it, it was really fun. It, it, it was uh, it was different from Anaheim, Hi. but in a, in a good way. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. A completely different experience, but again, in a good way. Cool. Um, I, yeah, I tried to stay up as much as possible for all the yeah. events. And <laughs> that was quite rough over here in the Pacific Northwest. I think when the center opened at like... 10 a.m. or when things got started around 10 a.m. it was 4 a.m. here and yeah and you would up. be awake yeah I would either stay awake all night or wake up for it and I it took me a couple days to recover just from doing that so I can't imagine how rough it was for you over there actually having to experience the jet lag <sighs> and be going going all day long on your feet there um yeah so but definitely I would do it all again <laughs> from my perspective um <laughs> So here, let's start with uh, more fun questions for you. Okay. Um, what were your favorite cosplays you saw? Or just ones that were stuck out with you that you remember? Oh, that's a good question. The first one that comes to mind is the white Wookiee. There was a white Wookiee and Linz knows, but I love Longhara. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She's in Lost Star. She's the pilot of the Mighty Oak Apocalypse. And I don't know. She's just like, she's my club shido. And I love her. And somebody was cosplaying a white Wookiee. And I just stared in awe for a couple minutes. And a bunch of pictures went out of her, them. And uh, I miss her. <laughs> and then there was this really great Ahsoka and I took a picture with her and she, there was like a group of people around her and it was great like she just had like the likeness of Clone Wars Ahsoka with the uh, the Jedi from the Mandalorian Ahsoka outfit so it was just like a really cool portrayal and then the third one the Star Wars account posted it, but it was the creature from Attack of the Clones. I can't remember the name, or I don't know if I know the name, but that I, was I know it. Yeah, that was so cool. It was, the, it, it was the Nexu, and they did like a, I found the person who cosplayed it, and she is so cool, and yeah. she posted all these videos of how she made it, and then, um, yeah, she made the Nexu. And she also made a Geonosian. And it looked like a real-life Geonosian oh, was standing wow. there. That's pretty cool. It was really cool. There was somebody yeah. who... Sorry to, sorry to take over your cosplay. <laughs> no. There was an honorable mention that I was going to say, but there was somebody dressed up as a loath cat, but like a Rebels one. And that, that was cute. There were, there were so Aww. many cosplays. And a friend of mine that was Cinta from Andor, and they handmade 
the outfit. Like, it took them a month to make it. But it was just like Screen Cinta. It was so impressive. She posted a picture of it on, on their Twitter, so I can link it. But, yeah, it was so good. I was so impressed by all of them, not just the ones that I named. Yeah, there was a lot of cool Jedi Fallen Order cosplays, too. Um, I know a friend of ours also, uh, she cosplayed as Marin, and that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, there were so many good ones. Just from from my perspective, like scrolling through Twitter and Instagram and, and seeing them from afar, it was really neat. It was really neat. And I know that there was a cool comparison from last year to this year from Anaheim to um, London of the High Republic cosplayers I was, you know, how small the crowd was yeah, back then i was just about to say and how big it was this out. year yeah yeah which i thought was really neat especially for the authors that yeah. were there to see it i know they were getting choked up and it was really it was beautiful to see it did feel like a big high republic year not to like veer off of the cosplay question but i went to the publishing panel and i think like 90 percent of the audience was high republic fans i don't was it streamed i don't they didn't say if it if it i don't remember that it was streamed okay because there was a moment where they like stopped they introduced like kristen baver's books i think that's how you say her name um and it was like 100 objects and then they went into timelines and then the next one was the high republic books and it was like at least a minute of cheering and they were like, we have never gotten that type of intro- like like introduction <laughs> before. So I was happy. The High Republic fandom seemed smaller last year, but I guess with like the release of more novels and the new phase, it's just kind of like exploded. So yeah, there was a lot of cosplayers. Yeah. It's gotten me really wanting to read the books for real this time. I yeah. have them, but I just haven't gotten into them. And now I'm like, ah, I don't want to be missing out. So I need to read these. Yeah. Um. So, okay. Another question that doesn't really have anything to do with celebration, but I thought would be fun to ask you. What is one thing about England or Ireland? Because I know you went there too that you wish you could bring to the States? Like something there that you're like, wow, this should be how it is in the United States or this is what we should be doing. Was there anything that you thought, you know, made you think like that? Public transportation. I, okay, well, yeah. Well, Ireland doesn't have the same public transportation that the UK has, like the tube that I'm aware of. I was in Galway, so... uh no tube there but uh gosh i was able so we we had like a huge change of plans in ireland where we were in dublin we took a train from dublin to galway and then spent we were only supposed to spend a day in galway and some like big change happened where we couldn't end up going to belfast which is where we were gonna go and then drive and then fly out of knock I know I just spewed a bunch of words at you, but that (laughs) obviously didn't happen. But the ease in changing the plans because of the accessibility to public transportation was so fast. It was just like, okay, well, we'll just take the train back to, to Dublin, 30 minutes to Dublin airport, fly to Heathrow. 
like it was just that quick like i i it wasn't like well we're like four hours away so we can't go yeah. like, there's no way it, it's like a two-hour train ride and you're there uh and then the tube while it was closed like there was a lot of closures especially the elizabeth line which sends shivers up my spine every time i hear that now <laughs> um that was great like like not having to taxi like in anaheim we either walked or we we ubered but with uh the tube you just you hop on and off and you get this thing called the oyster card and you know like the orca card uh-huh. yeah it's just like that tap in yeah tap out. yeah it's really nice it reminded it reminded oh, me that's a, nice. a lot of home yeah and the accessibility to coffee shops like being able to just walk to one pick up a croissant and a coffee and then get on the tube like <laughs> that was so nice i missed that you guys yeah. have it good over there i know out here <laughs> <laughs> i know over here it's like we're we're spread out unless you're right in the city so yeah. you don't have everything right there with you and even when you're in a city it's it's not always easy because there isn't there isn't transportation that goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did how did your experience at Celebration inspire you? Did it inspire you in any way? It did. It um in both Star Wars and in my life. I know that that sounds kind of like cheesy and and deep, but. I feel like, you know, with this pod, like, it means a lot to us. And, like, it, it may, like, and it means a lot to us in, like, different ways, but also in, like, the same. I know we want it to grow. And, like, I know that we want not only for it to grow. And I'm by grow, I don't mean in numbers. Like, I just mean, like, I want us to be able to, like, talk to more people and make more content and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So I think like seeing other creators who have gotten to that point was really inspiring. And like, I got to talk to a couple of people who, you know, started before us and have, has like gotten to a point where, you know, they're to the point where like, I recognize them on the show floor. And I'm not saying that like, that's what I want, like just to be recognized. But like, I think what comes with that like I guess does that make sense yeah like to see the passion that we have for this come to for to a fruition because those people have the same passion we do and so to see it pay off well not even just pay off but just see where it takes them to Mm -hmm. see where passion takes you Mm -hmm. is really cool so I I see what you're saying and I, I feel that too yeah, you definitely took the words right out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it it was really that. And then I guess in my life, like I, I realize who I want to surround myself with. I, you know, I, I don't want to pick and choose, and I've never pick and chosen, <laughs> picked <laughs> and chosen. Uh, I just realized, like, who my people are when it comes to, like, the Star Wars community. And, like, there were so many times where I've, like, I got, like, choked up 
because of that realization, like Alden and you and Kay and, you know, like a, like a lot of people I felt that way with. And, like, I'm not getting choked up now. I thought I would when I said me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it's like I feel like that passion that we have for this thing, like, doesn't have to just be in Star Wars. Like, it could just be in everything. And I feel like that that is what I want to start doing after Star Wars Celebration is to just put it towards everything. Like, the art of this, of Star Wars, and then, like, of my daily life. Because it's like, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I see. I you see what you're saying. Me. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I speak you. Yes. And I love that. I, That is probably one of the best outcomes of going to something like that I you know think so too. yeah you're surrounded by all these people and you're being like in a way like fed by their energy you know you share the same energy with the, these people and it just re-energizes you even just from far away from being at home um even though I was so sad that I couldn't be there it was impossible was for me at least not to feel the same energy I guess like the excitement and the seeing people be excited for the same thing and yeah so for me too I I definitely was like there's so much coming out there's so much gonna that's gonna happen and all these people are alongside of us and we have all these friends who share the same love of these stories and yeah so that kind of leads me to my next question which is what is your most anticipated project coming up this year? Because I already know Andor is yeah. one of the big ones. <laughs> I was like, I can't say Andor. Next year. So, <laughs> so what is your most anticipated Star Wars project coming up this year? Oh, gosh. Okay, I had the opportunity to go to the Visions panel, and we got to watch an episode. And we got to also listen to each and every one of the director's story and inspiration behind their episode and I have to say that Visions season 2 and I only watched one episode and we all saw the trailer I feel like it is going to hit harder than we're all anticipating because I watched one episode, and I watched I Am Your Mother, which was uh, Arden's uh, episode, and she explained it. She was like, you know, when she she moved from Poland to the UK, and her and her mother f- felt like aliens, so she based the two main Twilight characters off of her and her mother, and they're both aliens, and as you're watching the show episode the like people that she's kind of quarreling with there's like a human girl that she isn't very close with and they're kind of like rivals I guess they're humans so and then I don't know like as a daughter and I think other daughters in the audience like felt this way too as you're watching it like I was just like not bawling but it was relatable because they put that type of emotion into making these episodes like they they put their personal lives 
into it and it sh it showed like it it was displayed right there in front of all of us so i think it's going to be visions as excited i as i am for ahsoka but i'm gonna say visions <laughs> and i i have to agree i have to agree with you or uh second that because i when you were in that panel they streamed the part where each um, studio was explaining the backstory of mm -hmm. each episode that they had created, they streamed that a few minutes delayed from your um, you watching it. So I did watch that as well, and it is available online. So I believe it's probably on Star Wars YouTube channel still, the whole panel. So if anybody wants to check that out, it's really, really cool. I was getting just choked up watching that. And then you guys got to watch the episode and I was busy rewatching the trailer like 50 times in a row and I was bawling. I don't know what it was about the trailer, but it just had me crying. Maybe it was just because I was sleep deprived and it was really early no, in the morning. It, it, it was a, it was <laughs> a beautiful, I was crying. Yeah. The displays of artwork just like merged together into one with the music in the background. It just felt like so personal but also so star wars and like there's a latin american one and how they talk about like the the crisis the crises happening in latin america and like the familial issues and i was like oh my god <laughs> and then like the the one from india and talking about like how they based the inquisitor like off of personal experiences of of and i was just like over the moon and it I've always been a fan of Star Wars animation like I love it this one has a personal touch to it that I think is just I don't think that we're prepared for it and I'm so glad the episode I don't think we are either once. and yes and we don't have to wait too long for them it's gonna be on May the 4th so really excited for that we can watch it. We can have a break from playing Survivor and watch Visions. Um, yeah. But so I had another question. What was, this is going to be a hard one. Okay. But just in, in your brain, what was the your most favorite uh, memory? <laughs> or, or here, what was something <laughs> that sticks out in your brain as like this was the most emotional part or that got you so excited um that you just like couldn't take it i'm sure there was probably multiple times yeah. but what's one actually no let's do three what was three, three. We'll, okay. we'll be merciful on you because I, I have three in my brain but um number one on the okay. first day friday the andor panel we queued up it was at it was at three and we were in line at twelve forty five. I was like, I am not missing this panel. And I was thinking in as I was sitting there before it even started, I was like less than a year ago. I think it was a little over a year ago. I don't remember. I was sitting in the Lucasfilm showcase panel watching the teaser trailer for Andor. And we still knew nothing about the show. And I remember that Tony Gilroy said, next celebration will be a big celebration for Andor because it'll already have come out. 
So I just remembered that moment sitting there at the making of season one of Andor panel. And I had already seen all of Andor, just like he had said. And it had its own panel. It didn't just have its own panel. It had multiple of its own panels. And the whole cast was there. And everyone, and I didn't know this. I thought it was just going to be Tony and Diego. But it was Tony, Diego, Luke, uh, Michael, uh, Nicholas. It was just like one big name after the other. Like every, every single creative mind behind every aspect of Andor was there to talk about the show. And as like a fan of every aspect of the show, like the costumes, the music, the set, the practical effects, the acting, the writing, it was just so special to be able to listen to all of them. And and I'm really glad that that panel was streamed because I was in such mm-hmm. an emotional state that I'm like not sure if all of the information stuck. But they talked about like everything that I loved about the show, they spoke about. And I think that's because I loved the entire show. But <laughs> um they talked about Ferrix and they talked they spoke about how Ferrix is a character. And I will never forget the light bulb that went off in my head. And then they talked about, Nicholas talked about how the eye of Aldani makes its own sound. So he based the score off of the eye's sound um, and wrote it like that. And like Tony talked about the creative processes with all of that and yeah, I could go for like an hour about that panel, but that was definitely a special moment. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of another one. Obviously seeing Diego on the live stage and Jen and Tony and I saw Jonas or Jonas, excuse me. Uh, Cameron Monahan came out of surprise, so that was cool. I wasn't really expecting that. And I got to be blanketed by his poncho. <laughs> Um, (laughs) that was cool the live stage aside I think the second my second favorite memory was I got to talk to some people who have worked on Andor who uh, I won't say their names just because that I'm holding that conversation very dear to my heart and it, it was just a really wonderful experience to be able to talk to them and if they do listen then I'm I literally will never, ever, ever forget that conversation in front of the sweets booth, <laughs> like an hour and a half before <laughs> Star Wars Celebration closed. They just talked about the show in the same way that I talk about the show. So it was just like an amazing way to hear that the people who are working on the show feel that way the same way that we do like loving the show enough to start a podcast yeah. about it <laughs> so, i guess those are three i guess well if i'm excluding the live I love scene, it then the 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 celebrating solo panel was went amazing it went great 
I was about to ask you about yeah. that or have you say a little thing about that. So Savi was one of the hosts on the Celebrating Solo, Five Years of Solo panel. And I got to watch the live stream as, as it was happening. And I'm so proud of all of y'all <laughs> and all of my friends. And um, yeah, so to tell, can you tell us a little bit about that panel? What was it like being yeah. a panelist? Uh, well, the... So you get there a couple of minutes early and they allow you in and we were just like setting up and it really hadn't settled. And then I sat down and the, the guy running the, the show, he was like, he gave us the five minute warning or whatever. And then I forgot who asked. It was either Yasmin or, or uh, Liv. They were like, how many people? And he was like, oh, you know, five or six hundred and I was like, whoa, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, <laughs> we did not think we were going to fill the room. Or at least I didn't think we were going to fill the room. And then, like, people started piling in and piling. And there was standing room. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, people came to listen to this. And, like, I'm one of the people they're going to listen to. And there are people watching. And my parents, my whole family was watching from home you were watching I it was funny because I kept wondering <laughs> what you were thinking like I was like I wonder what Linz is thinking while she's watching <laughs> um I was so excited <laughs> yeah I, I remember I stumbled a few parts but I like went right back into it I, I tried to think of it as a conversation with everybody and afterwards some people came up to us and they had worked on solo and they like wanted to come oh. to the panel. Yeah, I for I didn't tell you this because I like that day is a blur. Um, but they came I'm up sure. to us. Yeah, and they were talking to us for a long time, and they were like, "Yeah, like we were Woody Harrelson's like assistant or something." And and uh, oh wow, yeah, Solo was apparently supposed to be a trilogy. And dang, they, yeah, they that's told so us that. sad to hear. Yeah, I don't know if that's news that I should share, but they told us. But yeah, I thought hey. that was cool. Yeah. People were actually telling us, like, like people that I went to high school with in Florida were, like, tweeting at each other about it. So we were being talked about in Florida because people from Florida were, like, in cel at Celebration and then the news was spreading and then people were tweeting, like, just... What, like listened or watched the solo so, celebrating solo panel at Star Wars Celebration like I'm searching the show floor for all of like the solo continuation books and I was like oh my gosh like the impact that's so cool, <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> that's awesome that was so cool that Liv and Hay um, of Kessel Run Relay um, helped put that together yeah. and you guys had Ethan Sachs on the panel to yeah, be a voice wild that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And wasn't the writer of Han Solo and Chewbacca, the comic yes. friend? Oh, my God. Uh, like sitting... I believe he was also there. Yeah, sitting right front and center. I was like, we have two Star Wars authors here. And one is sitting yeah. at the table. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> That Ethan, was really, really cool. Ethan, like, took a selfie. And then I remember looking away, and I was like, oh my god, I'm on Ethan Sachs' phone. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, I was so thrilled for you. Every single day I was awake before this <laughs> con even started. And one time I woke up like I felt like it was a little late and I was so crushed. I was like, no. I'm missing things. We had like just um, walked into the con and you had woke up. We were like, still in line <laughs> or something. Yeah, I was like, but what if something happens? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was definitely... It was definitely really cool, and I'm so happy for you. Is there any closing thoughts that you have about Celebration? Anything else you would like to tell our listeners? No. I'm just no. glad <laughs> I can financially recover before <laughs> before Japan. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's two years away now, so yeah, I'm I sure everybody who plans to go will have um, time to save. <laughs> Like y- you, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It's a dream. All of them are dreams to me, and they might come true. <laughs> yeah, you just have to keep manifesting. Exactly, exactly. So. I'll take my wins when I can. So I, I have hope, but I'm keeping exactly. it tempered. <laughs> okay, so we also had what chapter of Mandalorian was this? Was it twenty three? I think. So we had chapter 23, I believe it was, of The Mandalorian this past week, and it was a big one. It was quite a different tone from the previous episode. We had Lizzo and Jack Black guest starring. Um, But yeah, we had, oh gosh, there was so much going on. We had The Mandalorians returning to Mandalore. We had them finding more survivors. We had imperials the imperial remnant gathering and talking to each other there was some sad moments too what did you think about this this last episode i really enjoyed it it felt super tense at the end and there was some emotional moments with paz and his sacrifice and I was sad about that because I kept thinking about how his son will no longer have a father (laughs) Mm. Um, I went into depth a little bit more about this episode on For the Republic pod recently and I talked about it a little bit more in depth but uh, yes it was a good episode and I I think a moment that really stood out to me that I have not stopped thinking about since I watched it on the plane back home was when Din says to Bo, your song is not yet written. And mm-hmm. they have that little moment. I thought that was so, like, romance aside, possible romance aside, I thought that that was such, we've talked about loyalty in the Mandalorians, in the Mandalorians a lot on this podcast. And that was just, like, such a beautiful moment expressing that. So I don't know what about what about you? What did you think? I that moment stuck with me too. I thought it was so beautiful to see a Mandalorian that comes from such a different background than Bo say that to her. And she's been reaffirmed multiple times through this season, her place, um, her leadership among those people, and how she's sort of this bridge between the covert and uh the more traditional mandalorians or not traditional but i guess the mandalorians that uh the night owls 
and then we see a cool contrast of of both those uh sorts of mandalorians with the remnant mandalorians that were on mandalore that they i'm saying a lot of mandalore mandalorians but on uh in their like sail barge thing on the planet's surface and i will say i because i need to say this right now when that sail barge thing was like zooming across the glassy surface of mandalore i and they were calling out to Bo. it's like is that ben rao <laughs> is that ben rao no. i was like please i literally had i had penned i had penned a tweet ready to go if it really was him and i was waiting and it wasn't and i had to delete it <laughs> um i was crushed but it's not I, ben I, rao but it's skinny pete from breaking bad <laughs> <laughs> yes yes oh my gosh so i i love the episode <laughs> i i specifically i'm not a fan of imperials but it was really, really cool. And I saw someone else make the same point. It was very cool to see Pelion, who is an Imperial yeah, that made his debut with Thrawn. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> it was really cool to see Pelion, who made his debut in the Star Wars universe with Thrawn in the Legends books, which, you know, and then as uh, Thrawn's, uh, I think it was as captain of his ship. And then we got to see Brendel Hux, who represents the sequel trilogy, uh, be in the in the room. And then, and you know, and that's like the mo- he like came from the movies, or like he stemmed from from sources in those movies, and then also uh, in the Phasma book. And it was so cool to see him. And the fact that uh, his name is Brian Gleason, and he is the brother of uh, Donald Gleason, who played hux in in the sequel trilogy and so he's playing hux's father and then brendel is a play on brendan which is brian and uh donald's father's name so it's like a family affair there with the actors and the characters which is like really neat um and then of course we had (laughs) yeah and then of course we had also uh moff gideon and he represents you know the imperials from the the tv series so it was like this interesting blend of characters from all these different sources in the star wars universe coming together and i know there was a couple other ones and i'm forgive me because i don't remember their names and i know there was at least one other guy in that council that had some sort of source i think in a book and so which is just really neat to see all this coming together i thought that was really cool that they showed that and the fact that Pelion was mentioning Thrawn and uh yeah that that was uh, exciting especially yeah. after like getting all the Thrawn news at a Star Wars celebration yes yes so that really hyped me up I love that it seems like they're going to be sort of uh, leading so the Mandalorian and Ahsoka are going to lead into the sequel trilogy and probably explain some things and add context to things that people haven't seen on the screen yet at least I know we have some books that sort of uh give us a look into how the first order rose from basically Leia's point of view and some other characters point of view but just seeing it in um, on screen is really cool and so it's kind of like a teaser of what's to come and then of course Moff Gideon had his whole, you know, Dark Troopers 2.0 with the Beskar armor 
That's coming to cool. kick the Mandalorians' ass uh, on Mandalore. And the Praetorian Guards, like, holy crap. Um, yeah, craziness. Yeah. Big sequel, So much craziness. Tr- big sequel trilogy vibes, for sure. Yes. With the Huxes um, and the guards. And, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm really excited. Yeah. It, the man- I would have never expected the Mandalorian to go in this direction. The, like, Ahsoka yeah. sequel direction. <laughs> yeah. And and that leads me also to mention that a lot of people are saying that there's a spy, like, in, I guess, I, I don't know, they, like, think the armor is a spy and acts as a spy and, and all this other stuff. But I, I thought it was pretty clear. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something that's making people think this, too. But... I thought it was pretty clear that the reason why Moff Gideon knew that the Mandalorians were on Mandalore was because of what Ilya Kane told him. And she knows because she's like hearing all the Republic chatter and probably Navarro was like, yeah, oh yeah, the Mandalorians, they left. They're going to Mandalore. Like, I don't think it was too much of a secret to like leak, but I don't know. I mean, like that's Ilya's thing. Like she's a spy and she told him all that. So I don't know that there's... A, a mole in the Mandalorians. Uh, I yeah, don't think so. I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm also delusional, know. and I just really won't accept that the armor is a spy, and anybody who speaks ill of her will face this podcast wrath. Exactly. <laughs> she has done nothing wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not. Really... I'm not kidding. <laughs> kidding, not kidding. <laughs> we will beat you up. No. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll just have to see spin- next episode. Yeah, we'll just we'll just see how it all shakes out. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, no, there won't be too many tears. Oh my gosh, I know it's crazy that this episode, this season, is already almost over. I know, and that we were talking about it, like before it even came out, how it would go into the man, it would go past Star Wars celebration, and now we're past that. Time is literally fake. Time is a construct. Yeah. <laughs> like, how has it already been a week since Star Wars Celebration ended? I, I I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm just here along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To wrap up this episode, I was thinking we could play a little game, a little questionnaire, a little, what, you know, just kind of pick our brains about something here for a second. So I wanted to ask if... You could pick any ship in Star Wars and any three crew members to be on your ship with you, like any characters. Who, what ship would you pick and who would be your crew members? Uh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Well, the first one that came to mind was the Mantis because it's a yacht and it would be really comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. And there would be, like, separate rooms and stuff, I think, and an eating area, and I don't know. I would just need, I would need that. Well, what ship would you pick? You know, I think I want to just say a Ewing, but that <laughs> just doesn't sound very comfy. No. <laughs> but I've always wanted to fly a Ewing or be in one, so... I think 
that I would probably go with. Oh, man, you, you kind of took mine. I want to pick the mantis too. You could pick it. We could share the mantis. We could share it. I know there's probably another one out there that I'm that I'm totally forgetting about. But or okay, here's one. No, I'll, I'll pick a different one. I would pick the Millennium Falcon when it was Lando's. Ooh, when it okay. was actually <laughs> when it when it was a little bit more classy, maybe. Nice. Um, That's yes. a good one. So we'll we'll do Millennium Falcon. Lando edition. It's like a song. Yeah, I think it could be a song. Millennium Falcon Lando edition. Okay. So, and you said three people, three characters. Yes. yes. Okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, there are people that I would want there, like just to be there because I want them to be yeah. there. <laughs> I think Okay, I'm going to say Oh god. <laughs> That's like three <laughs> characters that came to mind, but they're like all coded like the same code. That's I guess. okay. Like to me Sorry, I just yawned. To me Wrecker, Zeb, and Brasso are the same character, different fonts. I love that, though. I wouldn't choose the three of them, though. <laughs> okay. They would have a, a supportive uncle off. <laughs> uh, no, okay, so... As much as I would want Brasso to be there, I won't be picking him. But... Okay, I think that I would want to take Jin, and not because mm -hmm. I love Jin, because I do love Jin, but she could do all the clearance codes. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> and she, I don't know, she'd be able to get us through a lot of, of those checkpoints, and I feel like it would just be fun to talk to her. Yeah, and I think for sure. that I would choose. Okay, well, who would you choose while I think of one? <laughs> okay, so I'm still struggling as well, but okay, I think I would pick. <laughs> I think I would pick Melshi. Want him around, and then he seems like a capable person. I and always I think I would. Sorry, yes. I always see no, go him ahead. as the type of crewmate or like passenger to just fall asleep. <laughs> like on yeah. every trip, I feel like the the sound of the engine just kind of lulls him to sleep. He just we, see we like, love he, a sleepy man. Yeah, like his head <laughs> would just lull back and his mouth would open and he'd sleep. It's <laughs> probably why I wouldn't pick him. <laughs> I just think he I just think he'd be fun to have around. Or and he'll then, like play cards. Sorry. Yeah, I love that. Me That'd too. be so fun. 
I think he would be good to have a conversation with as well. Like, I think yeah. he would just be down to chill and, like, talk with yeah. you. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And then I think probably... Uh, see, you were trying to go for people who are pretty capable. See, I'm just here for the vibes. <laughs> okay. We have one that's um, purely vibes and one... Yes. One <laughs> logistics. Um... Oh gosh! Wow. See, I I thought I had it in all in my head there, all prepared. Like, um, I'm looking around my room for inspiration because suddenly I'm forgetting as well. Let's see. I should go for someone who seems capable. Or purely I, I the wanna... vibes. That's true. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Lando. Oh. I think Lando. I feel like, because I think he could also talk his way into places, you know? Yeah, that's like, true. He could. I, I think he's got those skills, but he's also just a really, like, chill person. And... I don't know. I feel like he would be super cool to hang out with. And then I have to think, like, Melshi and Lando, they get to, like, hang out together. And that's kind yeah. of a cool, fun fun little thing to imagine. That does but we gotta like add him. a lady. Yes. But yeah. we gotta add a lady in here. So I'm thinking I'm gonna go pretty, I don't want to say basic here, but I think Ahsoka. I think she would just be super, I don't know. I would like to learn from her. And I think she has some things that are good, like good things to, to say to me. So I'm just, I'm thinking of this crew as like, I'm, I'm there to be entertained and to learn <laughs> while I'm in hyperspace. So, you know, there's nothing to do. Yeah. And I'm sure they're all capable. Like she's a good pilot. And Lando's good at talking his way around things. And then Melshi's just there to do whatever else needs to be done. So we're just going to have a good time You're zooming around the, the galaxy. <laughs> yes. So that's that's those are my choices. I'd take Melshi, Lando, and Ahsoka. Yeah. Those are good, I think. Yes. I, okay. I would have... I said Jin. And then mm -hmm. while you were talking, uh, Ray came to mind. Oh yeah, because she's she's really good at fixing things. Like she, like in the Force Awakens, how she impressed uh, yeah. Han. And she's a good pilot too. So she's two in one. Yeah, she is. And I think that Jin would love Ray. So, I think so too. And then. My last one keeps fluctuating in my brain, and I'm kind of trying to decide which one I want to say. Because one of them is well, a one of them is a droid. Okay, how about this? I'm changing the rules. You can pick two more. I have one more I want to add. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I want Bix there just because I want Bix there. You want the girlies there. Yeah. And then I'm going to say 
I'm just gonna say Cassian. Yes. Purely for the vibes. Purely he, for the vibes. He he's he's the vibes one. Okay. See. But, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my last pick would be Hondo. I can't believe I forgot him, but I he was, has to be there. I was surprised that you didn't say him. Uh, see, before we were recording, I was thinking, I was like, okay, who would I want? And then immediately I was like, not Hondo. <laughs> it was a tie. Okay, there was multiple. I, I would want to choose Zeb, but then I was like, I don't know. I like Zeb. And the droid was going to be B2, but I chose Cassian oh. because B2 and Cassian are a, uh, a do not separate set. Yeah, you, if you got Cassian, you would just automatically get B2. Like, exactly. whatever droid that he has as his buddy, like, that comes with him. So, yeah. Exactly. I was also exactly. tempted to choose Hera and tempted to choose Brasso. And then I was like, oh my god, this is a full ship. Yeah. Where are we sure. all going to sleep? Four, <laughs> four plus one, I think, is uh is pretty good. It's pretty I good. So for too. both the before for, for the mantis and for the Millennium Falcon. I think we've we've perfectly filled those ships. So Me too. Yeah. We'll have to have a our ships and our crews will have to have a rendezvous somewhere. Go on a little vacation. I'm on Batu. <laughs> That'd yeah. be fun. <laughs> well, we are right. going. Oh, yes, we yeah, are. We are in October. I'm, I'm so excited. Together. I am so excited. I literally, too. I think it cured whatever mental illness I might have. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I suddenly found the will to live. <laughs> um, jokes. Jokes, guys. It's all jokes. But seriously, though, I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. I it'll, be your, to... it'll be your first uh, time. My first time ever going to, to any sort of Disney-owned property. It'll be so great. Uh, and it and Disneyland is supposed to be pretty good, so it's I've heard. Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. I, yeah, even just saying it out loud feels like a dream a dream but i'm so i'm so stoked <sighs> well right. that that concludes our episode i believe yeah where can we find you if we want to oh, go can... on your twitter and scroll mindlessly for a few hours yeah you guys would be <laughs> uh quite quite entertained uh you can find me at a cosmic love on twitter and at rebel risen on instagram and where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Endorisms. And you can find our pod at Stardust Records on Twitter, just without the O. So Stardust Records. And <laughs> if you want to hear a more in-depth Chapter 23 of the Mandalorian review, you can check it out on Father Republic Pod. But until then, we'll see you next week.